I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Lineals Podcast. Lineals Podcast. <laughs> I'm Smith. Oh, I'm Seth. <laughs> and we're here again doing another recording for uh, this show we bring to everybody every week. Or sometimes, sometimes multiple times a week, sometimes less than a week. We don't know. We just do whatever we can, basically. I also love how you just liberally use the term everybody. <laughs> I forgot what I said. What did I say about everybody? You said we, we said we bring it to everybody every week. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I do assume that this is being put out using the presidential alert system, but I blocked yeah. that, so I don't see it. So I just it assume It is technically that- <laughs> available to everyone with an internet connection. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for sure. They why Hey, why wouldn't you watch this? I mean, honestly, if you have an internet connection and you're not listening to the Illinois podcast, you're probably doing something right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, Seth, uh, you moved this weekend. How was that? Yeah, I moved. Now I'm in a more undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rough. You like? I don't know. I feel like. I mean, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. A, a man who lives in a one person apartment. Um, I feel like I have very very few things. Um, but then you know, I was like, all right, let me get a. I get a U-Haul. I just got the cargo van. I was like, I don't need. I don't need like a truck. I just need a van. Um. So I'm starting loading stuff in it, and I start to realize I have way more shit than I ever knew that I had. Like, I just, I literally filled up a whole cargo van from U-Haul, brought that to my new apartment, and my new apartment isn't insanely far from my old one, so I just brought it there, so I left my car at the U-Haul place, drove the U-Haul back, got my car, and then I filled my car to the fucking rim. (laughs) Um, And I still had stuff left in that apartment that I just threw away. Stuff that I just didn't need. I was like, you know what, this stuff I'll just... I'll just throw it away. I can't. I just can't have it anymore. Um, <laughs> so you, you have way more stuff than you'd ever expect, honestly. Um, was the old George Carlin bit about everyone has so much stuff. Yeah. You just accumulate it like detritus across your life. Yeah. Now I have this. Uh, my new apartment actually has this nice like. I'm not. I mean, a porch is a very very broad term, but there's a sliding glass door and there's a little concrete area that's just mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of I'm trying to think of good way what I can do with that area. You know, it's a nice little area that belongs to me. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to have grills here. I haven't asked. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't actually read my lease. Like I love how they send me a lease. Like I have any option. Like, <laughs> I have to sign it. I can't right. be like I actually don't agree to uh, page 19 term C where it says that I can't masturbate outside. I don't agree to that part. Um, I have to sign it. So I don't ever read the thing. I just sign it. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe I can't have a grill, but yeah, I want to, I want to decorate it in some way. I was thinking about putting like, like pictures from the Kama Sutra out there (laughs) just so that people know that like this guy fucks. (laughs) You should, you should come home and you should get your giant Batman Mountain Dew standee and put it out there. (laughs) I do have a giant Batman Mountain Dew standee that I could put out there. Can you imagine how many times people would call the police? Black man (laughs) standing at the porch. They're walking to their apartment at night, and they just see this this large man like peering down at them, and he's trying to give them Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you on the first floor or second floor, or what? Mm. Well, yes, I'm on the first floor. If I had, if I was on the second floor, I would have said balcony. Okay. So yes, I do have a small, I'm on one 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 floor, one floor, um, uh, a little patio area. So I, I want to do something with it. Okay. All right, well, I'll tell you what, Lineal Station, you just call in to our number and let yes. us know what you uh, what what Seth should do with his uh, his porch. Our number is 6969697. Go on. Is that a, not, not enough numbers? 
five. No, I think this, uh, how many digits? No, are that's there? enough. That's seven. That's okay. seven. Wait, there's well, an well, area, area code. code. Oh, the area code is four one one. Oh, four twenty. We couldn't get that one. <laughs> you can't. You don't. You don't select area codes. You have to deal with <laughs> what you're given. <laughs> I'm going to open a phone line in Arizona to get that coveted 420. Is that what 420 is? I have no fucking clue, dude. I wonder if in the place where the area code is 420, if weed's legal there. Or if that area code 420 even exists. Oh, that's a good point. I think you would have to let weed be legal, right? In the in area code 420, there's just no way yeah. you can't. By the way, when is, when is the rest of the world going to or world, I should say America. When is the rest of America going to legalize it? Uh, probably when the government collapses in like 10 years. That's probably true. But then everything will be legal. You do whatever you want then. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to anyways. I mean, it's getting more popular. That's true, it is. I know North Dakota, it looked, early, it looked good early on, but then they smacked it down at the last second. So I mean, I've said it on this podcast before, and I'll say it again. Honestly, I feel like if you just tell some, like, I don't even care how red the state is. If you tell some of these farmers how much money they can make if they just start selling weed, you probably you probably get them to swing their vote anytime you want. Yeah, that's like true. You could make a lot of money with some good farmland. You could you could still grow whatever you grow, like have a cotton field. Just sub, just put like a third of it to weed, and you would just like you'd make so much money. You you'd be swimming in it for your life. And I mean, weed legalization is one of the few issues in America that, that enjoys broad bipartisan uh, uh, support. Speaking, okay, you know what? That's a great segue into our first topic, I think. Okay. Bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. There's a, a post from uh, Nancy Pelosi saying that, uh, what, what, she, what did she say in this? She says that we have an obligation to find common ground with the Republicans. We, that the Democrats need to work uh, to compromise with the Republicans. Hmm. Well, she's, she's right and she's wrong. She's right because at this point the Democrats are just Republicans with a D in front of their name and have caved on everything to the other party. And she's wrong because in reality, we should all just, you know, fight each other and cut each other's throats until one of us wins. That is true. The only common ground I want to find with, with the Republicans is the burial ground. Yes. If I could put those, those fuckers under the earth. The one place where we're all equal. <laughs> and so, I, per, I think uh, Ocasio-Cortez said that she would not support Nancy Pelosi for Speaker... The only other folks in the in the House Democrats who have echoed that are the right wing of the of the House Democrats. So uh, Pelosi will be the speaker. Let's not fucking kid ourselves here. Uh, she's gonna get it. And so we've got at least two more years of listening to fucking Nancy Pelosi uh, give long winded speeches about how oh we tried to pass this thing but the uh, Republicans in the Senate just wouldn't go for it. So you know, although they have given. Their first agenda item. You seen what the first thing the Democrats want to focus on is? No. And I will give them credit for this. I'm going to say a nice thing about Democrats. This, this is something that they. This is a good thing to lead with. Um, they want to uh, establish automatic voter registration and uh, and resurrect the voter the Voter Rights Act or the Voting Rights Act. Sorry, the one that the uh, the Supreme Court struck down. Yeah. They want to bring that back. Okay. So I'll give, and here's the thing: we all know that the, 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 if the, the Democrats could pass it, right? They have the majority of the House; they could do whatever they wanted, as long as they have you know a unified front. My theory, my, my belief, and everyone's friends' belief is they'll they'll pass some like voter rights uh, a bill, and the Senate will of course shoot it down because it's going to be like a majority Republicans. They're going to shoot it down, obviously. And even then, if it somehow passes in it, it ain't going to pass Trump. They're not going to do that. So, but I think that it's a good idea. If they want to try and win, win support from people like me and you and I think leftier kinds of people, they need to at least start passing bills that would do some good. And I think of the things they could do, trying to bring back the Voting Rights Act would be a, a, a great thing to do. Yeah, but um, and on the note of you know Democrats deciding to get stuff done and pass bills, um, that's something coming out of Colorado today. That um, Democrats who ran in um, Colorado for seats in the midterm elections 
had big ideas and said they were going to finally pass some uh, bills specifically about um, paid sick leave um, with businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to finally pass these bills that were being blocked by the GOP. And now after the election, they said they're basically going to water down these bills and um, find common ground with the businesses themselves uh, about how to actually pass these bills and how to um, – not to quote this article I'm reading, not be an, erone- an onerous one size fits all solution. Um, with, oh, that will that stops them from coming up to agreements with their employee when their employees on a case by case basis, which basically means that the Democrats are going to cave to businesses so that businesses can still determine what, what your sick leave is, and basically give the workers no benefits. Yeah, I hate this dumb fucking idea of um, a case by case basis. That is that is anti union talk. That is that is union busting language. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It go the whole the, the, the fact that it shouldn't be one size fits all. Which sure, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe if you have you know uh, pancreatic cancer, you should get a couple more days off than everybody else. But it shouldn't be. Where the businesses get to say, oh, well, you're only this sick, so you only get this many days off. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I'm actually in favor of a one-size-fits-all solution by making that one-size-fits-all solution extremely generous. Because it's fucking paid sick leave. I, I, I mean, people get sick. They have to be off work. So we, we should make it as accommodating as possible for them. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, do you want people to come to work sick? Like, is that honestly your goal? Or do you want to put people through misery? It's like a non-contagious disease, whatever. They're still going to be miserable at work. How, how productive and effective will a person be working when they have a, a you know an illness of some sort? I've gone to work sick before, and I did negative work that day. I slowed everyone down because of how sick I was. That's actually that's actually true. That's a proven effect. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, we should just we should just be much nicer. Like like vacation time and sick days should be taken much more seriously in this country and should really be, like, buffed. I mean, there are European countries where you get months of paid leave. Yeah. And their their um, worker satisfaction level is through the roof, and I wonder why. And so, again, we this circles back around to the fact that the Democrats are very well known for running on these issues and then turning around once they have power and not delivering. I mean, just look at the look at the Affordable Care Act. Look, look what it turned into once they had time to sit down and actually write it and compromise with the Republicans on every single point and not get a single Republican vote in return for it. It's a, it's a, it's it's let's be honest with ourselves. It's not even a half measure. It's a quarter measure. Yeah, and it's and it goes to show that like I mean, there's there is some there's definitely a need for direct democracy when stuff like this happens when. All you have to do is say you're going to do something, and then as soon as you get the votes, you can do whatever you want. There's, you have no accountability. You can make any promise you want, get into office, and then you can do the exact opposite if you want. Yeah, I mean, because for there's no accountability. Because I mean, how many times do you hear about a recall? You know, when, when's a recall last happened? Exactly. So, and it, and this is when direct democracy and the ability to instantaneously recall. Um, this, that's where these principles um, will really come in handy because it's it's really really frustrating to live in the to live in a world where you know you, you say you finally find a candidate who says they're gonna fight for you and then as soon as you you put all your work in you can canvas for them you can campaign for them you can you know do whatever you can you wake up early go to the polls and as soon as you vote for them they don't care about you anymore it really goes to show that there's something wrong with the system. And it also shows why people just don't vote. Yeah, they're like, you know, I mean, I have quoted it once in this show, and I will probably quote it until the end of time. There's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis Reynolds is like, who should I vote for, the Democrat who's blasting me in the ass or the Republican who's blasting me in the ass? Politics (laughs) is all one big ass blast. And as funny as that line is, it's still fucking true. Yeah, I mean... Especially if you're like a character from that show, a, you know... Pretty much a de- person who's in destitute. <laughs> yeah. A sociopath who, who yeah. lives in destitution. Yeah. So- sociopath who, if it weren't for your crazy rich father, would actually be in poverty. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. All right. Here's the thing about all this is 
people don't go vote for the Democrats. Um, and let's, let's say to ourselves, the Democrats are the ones that have the problem. The Republicans have no problem getting their voters out there. They show up. The Democrats have problems motivating people because every time they win and they they, 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 they uh, push this broad uh, uh, platform of change and hope, they then get into office and proceed to do literally nothing with it. Like, what are Obama's big... What, what, what were his banner uh, accomplishments in office? What, what, what were they? Um, For me, and this happened within his first 100 days, and I actually don't know what's happened since this, but I remember he... Uh, Lifted the ban on stem cell research, which was pretty cool. Um, I mean, people always say, oh, well, gay marriage. That was the oh, yeah. Supreme Court. That wasn't him. I mean, he didn't yeah. do that. Uh, the ACA, we all talk about that piece of shit. Nobody really likes it. It's it's a, it's a, 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 a anemic bill. Um, he continued the wars in Afghanistan and drone people and stuff. Oh, he and got I Osama, think, though. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, got Osama. Woo, we got him, baby. Mm-hmm. Really, really helped my life. Hey, uh, who helped Osama? Who funded him and, and gave him weapons and training back in the uh, 80s? Mm, it was America, right? So we kind of just clean up our own mess there. Well, yeah, I, sure. But, I mean, it's just like it's just like all these things that people, like, I, I'm, I, I guarantee you when people voted in 2008, they wanted the war to end. They wanted a, a Wall Street to pay, to pay for what they did, and the Democrats gave them none of that. Yeah, they couldn't even offer up a fucking a human sacrifice for for Wall Street. They just paid them all off with our money, our money as taxpayers, and said you're too big to fail. You, you we can't we can't uh, um, make you suffer for this. So I think that was when the Democrats really fucking uh, lost their their credibility, and it's why they lost 900 seats uh, across the entire nation over the course of Obama's presidency because they failed to produce any kind of tangible results. And back to something you said about how um, the Republicans have no problem getting the people to go out and vote. And I think there's there's a couple of reasons why the Republicans have no, no problem with this. One, retired people, a lot of them are Republican. They, got, they, got, they don't feel the work at all. Boom, sure. they can be in the lines. And they're in the lines early because they're up early because they're old. Two, you got people who have the kind of jobs where they can take an hour or two off, you know, you know take a half day so they can go vote. Um, and three, uh, most of them don't have any problem with voter registration, um, or voter ID laws. Whereas people who are to, who are going to vote more Democrat or more left leaning do encounter those problems, uh, mostly because they, these problems were created by the Republicans. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, mean, but I think overriding all of that is that the Republicans, they have a clear message. They, they, they have a vision for the future. And it is, which is the past. Get rid of, yeah, we'll get rid of the things that you don't like, and we'll take us back to the past because that's possible. And it's not; it's just not really. You can't do that. No, capitalism doesn't go backwards. No, it, it does. It, it can sell you a vision of the past through the nostalgia and appeals to your your rose colored uh, glasses, but it can't actually take you back. Exactly. And speaking of rose colored glasses and the generation gap between the millennials and the boomers um hasbro oh boy (laughs) has they have dropped a bombshell of a product on the public monopoly let's talk well first of all let's talk about monopoly monopoly is probably the worst board game ever one because no one knows all the rules honestly no one has ever learned all the rules Two, it takes forever to play and no one's ever finished a game. You can quote me on that. And three, um, it is a capitalistic wasteland um, that promotes people to pretty much try and do like vertical integration and ruin everyone else's life. Right? Did I get any of that wrong? No, that's all correct as far as, as, far as I can tell. Okay. So Monopoly is it's it's popular one because it's a it's an easy board game to play for an hour or two with your friends and then you know never remember it ever again. And then also it's popular because they release all these special editions. There's like Pokemon Monopoly, Star Wars Monopoly. There's fucking Blackberry Monopoly, whatever that is. As I learned today, there is Zelda Monopoly. Zelda Monopoly. Um, all different you know cool rules and cards and art and whatever. But today Hasbro has officially released what has to be the best parody product in the world of themselves. It's called Monopoly for Millennials. And please, 
please read the tagline. Forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway. Okay. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. But I also want to talk about the game mechanics real quick. Because I read about this. So, in the normal game of Monopoly, you know, you try and buy a property and get, you know, houses on it. So, whenever anyone else goes there, they have to pay you. And then at the end, whoever has the most money or whoever, like, gets, all the, gets like, all the property and all of the mortgages, they win the game. It's a disgusting game. And... Millennial Monopoly, since since they have decided that millennials have no money for some reason, for some mm-hmm. weird reason, it's 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 a phenomenon that millennials don't have enough money. You instead, um, you spend all your money trying to gain experiences. You know, like you know, going to a cool cafe or going skydiving or some bullshit, and then you get you get experience points, which is probably the funniest part of this whole game. Is they call it experience points. Yeah. And whoever has the most wins the game. And the whole fucking game is predicated on the idea that millennials are poor because they don't know how to save. And they want to spend all their money on coffee and bagels and fucking... Avocado toast. Avocado toast and fucking ghost tours and whatever bullshit they think we've spent our money on. And that's the reason we're poor is because we don't know how to save. And the, well, so the game... You, go ahead. Do you want to hear some of the spaces that are on this board? I would fucking love to. Alright, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. First one, Farmer's Market. Okay. Number two, Thrift Shop. Mm-hmm. Three, Friend's Couch. Wow. Four, Parent's Basement. Whew. Number five, Week-Long Meditation Retreat. Mm, something so many millennials can afford to do. Last one, three-day music festival. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, the, uh, so yeah, the, the game, it's all summed up in that tagline about how we can't afford real estate. And the game is entirely putting this up to our inability to save and to, I guess, just perpetuate what all, what all that boomers think about millennials and it takes no responsibility into you know how the systems that the whole the monopoly the original game is actually about the whole you know vertical vertical integration and hiking up prices and charging rent for higher people how things like that might contribute to millennials being so poor instead of you know just our inability to have financial uh, uh, knowledge yeah and, and also apparently I can't confirm this. But apparently, instead of jail, there's student debt. Which is probably the most appropriate part of this game. <laughs> because and student the, debt is basically fucking prison. It's true. And the box art is insane because it shows things that apparently millennials are a fans of. Like, I guess, no meat and green energy, bike lanes, Starbucks, iPhones. Oh, laughing or, emojis. Yeah, laughing emojis. Uh... Parking, I get. I don't like parking for what? You don't have cars. Yeah, where the fuck are we parking? So, I mean, I want to find a person that made this game to strangle them because they, they, it's like they understand uh, millennials only through memes and Facebook articles shared by like fifty-six-year-old ants. And the crazy thing to me with this, this is, um, I mean, I stay plugged in. I'm on Reddit. I'm on Twitter. I see, all, I see stuff that happens. Usually, when something like this is gonna happen. There's like a report like, oh, uh, they're making a monopoly for millennials, and it's fucking crazy. You should read about this. But I didn't hear about it, and nobody else heard about it until it hit the shelf. This yeah. game is out and available today, and that's when everyone found out about it. Hasbro kept this shit under wraps <laughs> um, because they didn't want the millennial fucking horde coming after them with all of our, with all of our iPhone selfies. Also, and in the middle of the board, Mr. Monopoly is taking a fucking selfie. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck this. Fuck this game. <laughs> fuck everyone involved in making this. this yeah, so that's dumb. But you mentioned about how it says something about, like, no meat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to get your opinion on something. Okay. I, um, I don't know very much about the man whose name I'm about to say, but I think you do. Okay. So I just want I just wanted to know what is your opinion on Jordan Peterson? <laughs> what do you what do you think about this man? Old Jorpo. Uh 
Jordan Peterson is. Uh, uh, well, first of all, so you got you got to call him by his, by his official uh, title, the Dark Professor. Dark Professor, uh, okay. The Dark got Professor, it. who first rose to prominence in the news and the and the right wing circles because he refused to to. He said he would not call his students by their by their chosen pronouns. He would only uh, use the ones he thought was appropriate. So uh, that's what we just call being an asshole. But later on, he got more and more down this right wing uh, uh, sort of like a rabbit hole, and he is a uh, he is not any kind of real actual scientist. He's like a philosopher, psycho like psychiatry or something. Not like yeah, something you can just call yourself, honestly. Right? Yeah, he's not like a real scientist with any kind of uh, credentials or anything. But apparently, the genesis of Jordan Peterson as a person, the Dark Professor, was that uh, decades ago he was up for uh, he was up for tenure at the uh, Canada University where he teaches, and a, a, a woman professor got it instead of him, and that has led to Jordan Peterson's lifelong obsession with uh, I mean he doesn't call it men's rights, but it is men's rights, mm-hmm. and he has certain beliefs like. Men are order, and women are the dragon chaos. Even if that were true, it makes no sense. What is that? What do those words even mean? Men uh, are, or, okay, break it down for me. Men are order. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so, not a sentence. No, no, men are, are order, like capital O. Like, we impose order upon the universe. We, oh, okay. So you know, we're the dominant force in the universe. Well, like, we, we, we take, well, no, chaos is dominant, and it's it's man's job to impose order on, on the chaos. So, like, we're the oh. ones who took sticks and sharpened them into spears, and apparently women's role throughout all human civilization has been to fuck up men and and give us these stupid things that, that, that derails order. Mm-hmm. The dragon okay. chaos does this, right? And he has certain other beliefs, like the only relationship men can have with each other is based on violence. So anytime two men meet and or speak or interact at all, there's a there's a silent conversation happening between them about who could beat up the other one. Okay, I can see that. And all relationships with men and women are sexual in nature. It's all wow. about who has who has the power sexually. Uh, there's never anything such thing as friendship between men and women. There's no platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. It's 100. percent or, or, you know, who are we going to fuck or what? Okay, okay. And from this, uh, uh, he he has written some self-help books. And I'm not going to do His self-help books are pretty standard bullshit. They're just like regular, regular ass non-offensive advice. Like, make a plan for yourself and clean up your, your environment so you'll feel better on the inside. Exercise, eat better. It's just general self-help stuff. Damn, right? that sounds... I think he's right. <laughs> I should do all that stuff. It's just normal stuff, right? Yeah. But then it starts to get off into some weird things like how he tried to justify the existence of oppressive hierarchies in human in human society by pointing to lobsters. And I'm sure we've all heard about the lobsters and Jordan Peterson. And so he made this like analogy to how lobsters like fight each other and they, they, they step on each other to create these like literal uh, physical hierarchies of one lobster on top of the other competing for sexual dominance. Um, and he was like, see, see, nature creates hierarchies, right? They're natural. So humans cannot get too mad at like, say, the patriarchy or capitalism because those are just natural things that exist. Like there's always going to be someone better than you, someone on top of you, no matter what you do. So his his answer to this is, shh, 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 don't, no, go to sleep. Don't ever try to improve anything. Don't ever think about collective action. You can only improve your own situation, and you do that by stepping on other people. So that's pretty much his philosophy. And uh, I think a lobster scientist, which is a, a great... I, w- I would love to be a lobster scientist. That sounds like a great yeah. profession. Sign me up. Actually told him that he's wrong, and that's not how lobster sexual do- like hierarchies work. And he I'm sure he took this news very well and corrected himself, right? Well, she's a woman, so he did not uh, respond to this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I kn- before today, I knew two things about Jordan Peterson. Um, one is a very funny clip of him um, not being able to name a female author. <laughs> yeah. So that, like, that was great. And then the reason I brought this up, um, the second thing I knew about him is that he does this uh, only meat diet. Only beef. Only, okay, only beef. I didn't know that. I thought it was just only meat. Nope. Only beef and only water. Okay. Well, before now, 
I was I was actually gonna say that I can get behind it <laughs> because of one one incredible creation that I've started to eat a whole bunch of. What's um, that? And for, this is out. This is a, a tip for the Illuminal Nation. Um, rotisserie chicken from Walmart. <laughs> Fucking, you can eat that shit all the time. It's like five dollars, and you can get maybe a, like a meal or two out of it. If you eat like me, it's like half a meal. Mm. Um, but you can get like a meal or two out of like a five dollar fucking rotisserie chicken, and honestly, I could probably do just meat if I did rotisserie chicken every day. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Well, well, here's the thing: that Jordan Peterson says he once ate a piece of chicken and it made him lightheaded and dizzy. So now it's it's only beef. Yeah. Well, sorry, you can't eat chicken. What a what a weird flex, but okay. Oh, are you ready for his, his weirdest flex of all? Yes. He once said that drinking cider, drinking apple cider one time, made he was unable to sleep for 25 days. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he had such intense night terrors <laughs> from interrupting his biochemistry with a glass of apple cider that he was unable to sleep for 25 days. Jordan Peterson, I think your body's fucked up. I, I mean, I, I, hey, I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not a fan of you, just from what I've heard in the past couple of minutes, but you might want to actually go to a doctor, because if apple cider gives you night terrors for a month, there's something going on with you psychologically. Dude, eat a fucking green bean, eat a banana, something! Yeah. I mean, I don't care, I mean, I, that's kind of what, that's what that keto thing is, right? You just eat meat, basically, so you can yeah. do that, but like, if, if apple cider throws you so far off of your game... You, you, there's something going, something going on upstairs. I mean, obviously, if you call women the dragon prince of chaos, then you've got a problem. So, <laughs> why does he? And also, why does he call? Why does he have to say such? Why can't he just say, you know, men are order and women are chaos? Why does he have to say the dragon chaos? Because he's obsessed with Jungian ar- archetypes, right? Like, like, uh, like uh, Joseph Campbell, hero of a thousand faces type archetypal stuff. So women can't just be chaos, they have to be the dragon chaos, because dragons represent chaos in, in all human societies. Doesn't he have a podcast? I believe so. Oh my god, I've got to listen to this. Like, what oh, on earth man. does this man talk about? Uh, dude, I, I, I've listened to a couple of things, and if you ever criticize him, by the way, he has a huge fan base on the internet. Oh yeah, if I know, ever, I've heard of him. If you ever criticize a dark professor, his fans will tell you no. He did not mean that. That is not what he meant. You need to watch all 300 hours of his videos, and then you can criticize Jordan Peterson. So it's just like classic deflection, essentially. Yeah. So this is something else I wanted. So first of all, I have no idea what he talks about in his podcast. Um, also, I have no idea what, like, like, how does Ben Shapiro have a podcast? Like, what does he talk about for an hour? The challenges of being the world's shortest man. Yeah, a man who clocks in at four foot two <laughs> has a podcast, um, and also even beyond that, because I guess I can understand what a man is fucking stupid and hateful as he talks about. But like, I've always wondered, like, I've never ventured into listening to those dumb liberal podcasts like Pod Save America. But like, what do milk toast Democrat liberals talk about for an hour? Like, we talk about like literally burning down the White House and fucking farming the land on top of it. And mm-hmm. what do they do? Like, do they just say, yep, things are, things happened. Like, what do they talk about for an hour? What I hear them talk about when I listen to clips from other stuff is, uh, Mueller's going to save us all. Don't worry. Trump's going to go be led away from the White House in handcuffs in any moment. Um, the Russians did it all. And Democrats just got to get more racist. Got to win back those working white class voters, man. Damn, dude. Because, like. Honestly, I think if I had to listen to fake John Favreau talk for two seconds, I'd actually blow my own brains out. Because I heard a him. HBO show. Yeah, they have a show on HBO, which I'm certainly never going to watch. Like, I don't think I can watch fucking stupid ass liberal dri- liberal dribble, which is good. Oh, um, yeah. For like an hour, I, I'm not sure how long the show is because I'm never going to fucking watch it. But if it's anything between thirty minutes an hour or longer or shorter, I'm never going to watch it. But I just can't. I just cannot wrap my head around what they could talk about for so long. Besides, hey, let's just roll over all day. We well, remember their what the podcast was called before it was Positive America, right? 
was it? It was called Keeping It 1600. Yeah, because they were like, oh, Hillary's going to win. Yeah, and then that didn't happen, and they all fucking ate shit. And rebranded. And I first subscribed to it because I saw John Favreau's name, and I'm like, I'm not the world's biggest John Favreau fan, but I was like, what's John Favreau doing talking about politics? And I was disappointed. I kept waiting for John Favreau to cut in. Like, okay, when's he gonna? When's when's that guy gonna show up? He yeah, never when's he did. Gonna say, like when I was making Swingers. <laughs> On the well, set of Iron Man. That. <laughs> when I was portraying Happy Hogan, like it never happens. I was very. I listened to like maybe eight episodes before I realized that I was just listening to people talk about nothing for an hour. It just well, none of it was relevant. You, you kind of brought me back around. I was in a, I was actually going to start the podcast talking about this, but we actually do have some Iron Man adjacent news today. Do we? Yeah, um creator of Iron Man, Spider-Man, Marvel Comics, uh Stan Lee passed away today. Yeah, and that that's a real bummer, man. That really really sucks. He was one of like the really like pure people out there that I, I really really enjoy like every time i heard him talk he would just like every sentence he said was just like this crazy inspirational like he was just so cool and he like he was a down-to-earth guy he was fun and i don't know it was just really it was really fun to hear him talk and see him be in movies yeah i mean people i mean people always talk shit about everything basically especially on the left can't have any uh heroes can't, can't enjoy anything nothing's nothing's good uh but, I mean, fuck that. I say that I like Stan Lee. I like Marvel Comics uh, for the most part. They are generally okay. They're uh, uh, fun to read. Uh, and I think that I think Stan Lee uh, was just kind of like a cool dude who, in his later years, just enjoyed, you know, hanging out and seeing all of his all of his work sort of, like, pay off for him and, uh, and see folks enjoy what he did. And it's too bad because he was... He, I watched interviews with him and he seemed like a pretty goofy, uh, fun guy. And, uh... I feel like we, you know, it sucks because uh, he was he was cool, and it's too bad that he died. Yeah, I'll never forget the one Marvel movie he decided not to do a cameo in. Do you remember which one it was? I can't remember which one was it. Punisher Warzone. Actually, Seth, he's he's not in two movies. Which one? Which other one is he not in? Infinity War. Yes, he is. Where at? Is he not in Infinity War? I saw it today. Someone said that that was the only official, you know, Marvel movie line he w- he wasn't in. Yeah, that's crazy because because like he was also in like a bunch of those the ones before it was like the real Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he it, the one he passed on was Punisher Warzone, <laughs> which if you haven't seen, is honestly one of the fucking coolest movies there is. Yeah, definitely watch Punisher Warzone. It's so so fun. I mean, yeah, it was just it's... so funny to me that that was the moment he was like, I think I'll just stay home today. Like, I don't need to be on the set of this movie. You know what is kind of depressing, though, I will say? Aside from all the exploitation that uh, he's been going on, going through his daughter, like, bilking him for money, and his lawyers are, have been fucking him over for a long time. Still, just basically everyone's been stealing money from Stan. That sucks. Yeah. But apparently they set up a green screen room in his house and have just filmed, like, dozens of cameos to put him in for later Marvel movies. And... That just seems kind of morbid to me, you know. Like I think once he's dead, maybe it's time to let him let him go, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'll feel weird if, like, in the, like in, in the new Infinity War or in the new Spider Man, if I see Stanley, I'm gonna feel I don't know. I'm gonna feel kind of strange. Well, I'd say do it like Deadpool two did, where he's like painted on the side of a building as a mural. That that would be okay, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, you guys, you can have like, you can fucking throw Stanley anywhere in there. You can have, you know, memorials to him if you want in the fucking movies. But I don't know, I think the cameos, I think I think we should let him die because they're, I don't know, it's just, it's gonna, it'll feel really weird. Like, obviously, with something like Star Wars with Carrie Fisher, you had to keep her in the movie because the movie was filmed and she's a big part of it. But since Stanley's just the cameos, I think we should let him go with those. Like, that's just how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Rip Stan, uh, shout out to a real one. Yeah, a man who uh, condemned racism. He did, he did. He condemned racism. He condemned violence, which I have mixed feelings on, but fair enough, okay? At the time, it was probably looking that way. MLK was big and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, generally just seemed like a, a guy who trended towards the uh, the right side of uh, a couple of issues. So, yeah. 
Um, so, Seth, I wanted to talk to you real quick yeah, in a yeah. little segment that I'm calling... Uh-oh, segments. Capitalism is shit. I think that's the name of our podcast. It kind of is. But this this is... I'm going to specifically focus here on capitalism itself and the, and the system of, of how it fucks you. How it just fucks you over, okay? How it fucks All the right. people and just destroys things. So this is a tweet from uh, uh, the Los Angeles SRA, which is Socialist Rifle Association. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, go follow them. LA underscore Socialist RA. They're, 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 they're awesome. This is a screenshot of a text message someone got from their boss at work. Okay? Um, this is this is a very revealing. This is in California, right? Where it was currently fucking half that state's on fire or some shit. Um, so here we go. This is All a text right. from the boss. Uh, hey, Hunter, I just wanted to let you know that, this, that mandatory evacuations have been removed from Westlake, so we are going to be open tomorrow at work. I'll see you, and it cuts off. And the, the, the Hunter, I suppose, responds... If our house is under evacuation, do we have to come to work? Mine is. And the response from the boss. I understand that your house is on fire and hope that you and your family are safe. I really care and hope everything is good. But yes, please, we are going to be open tomorrow, so please come into work. Everyone else already confirmed they will be here to be there tomorrow. Wow. That is fucking cancer. It is, dude. Fuck off of this shit. How do you start? Like, at least, at least, if you're that boss, you the you could just say, um, you could you could have just said, oh, well, everyone's confirmed they're gonna be there, so we need you to be on board. Still an asshole thing, but you literally have the gall to start with. I understand that your house is on fire and everything's everything's going to shit, but you know you got to be a team player here, buddy. Like, how do you have how do you have that in your fucking brain as okay? If someone's fucking house is on fire, they don't give a shit about anything else. But the fact that their house is on fire, yeah. Like I, I don't un- like this. This is again. This, this is just capitalism. Uh, this this is especially this is a, a fucking uh, middle manager fucking people over, right? By saying, "Oh, please, you have to come to work because we're gonna be open." Look, motherfucker, you can't be short staffed. That's true. And I don't know what kind of job this guy has, but you can you can not have an employee. It's like it's like there's nothing is that is is that vital, you know? I, I've watched the fucking the videos of this fire and what it's doing to places. Fuck you! Why is anyone trying to work when that fire is coming towards you? It's so fucked up. And even like, and Donald Trump is going on Twitter talking about how the the fire is California's fault. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Come on, man. What are you even... What are you trying to prove at this point? That you just can be worse? And his threat was that he was going to cut funding to the the fucking agencies that put out the fucking fires. How is that going to help? Yeah, he's like, it's all California's fault, and I'm going to fuck them over. It's still going to be their fault, though. California, the world's fifth biggest economy. Fuck off. Like, they, they... their tax dollars pay for our shit. Let's face it. It's true. So, that's she, and that sucks. Uh, let's see here. I got a couple more things for you uh, on the on the front of capitalism fucking sucks. Uh, investors focus on retailers as wages rise. U.S. companies are warning about rising wages eating into profit margins, increasing investor worries that next year's expected drop in profit growth would be sharper than feared. So when I learned about businesses in school, Mm -hmm. I learned this. You start small. Let's say you start a small shop. You have three employees, right? Yeah. Boom. Your, Your profits go up. To the point where you can open a new store or maybe hire more employees. So either way, you're hiring more employees. The more money you make, the more you can expand and the more stuff you can do, the more people you can hire. One of the main reasons you make money is so you can pay people to help you keep making money. Mm-hmm. So the goal of a business should be able to have as many employees who are paid well enough to continue to do really good work um, for as long as possible. And if it means that you're making a, a little less money for – like. Honestly, the only reason you're making money is to pay your salary and everyone else's. That's the only reason money is made, like, honestly. And, to, and of course, to procure more stuff. But you're only procuring stuff because those people have to be paid as well. 
Like that's the whole point of procurement and the point of getting employees. So the idea that because like honestly at this point what, what people see with profits they see okay we make this much money let's try and give absolutely as much of it to the people at the top and give none of it to people at the bottom whereas people at the bottom are the one making the money so it it shouldn't be a big deal when you're not making as much raw profit because you're paying your employees yeah it's i mean this is just a, this is the same shit that marks noticed 150 years ago, right? He talked about the fact that capitalism's only goal is to increase profits. And those profits have got to go to the, to, to the, the people who have invested, right? And they pay you, the worker, as little as they possibly can to keep you working to make them more money. And the problem is, as Marx noted, that eventually you run out of growth. You are, you are going to run out of road, basically, and when that happens, you don't ha- you, if you can't pay, if you don't pay your workers enough, they can't afford to buy services and goods from other capitalists. And then what happens to your fucking system? It implodes. Yeah. Again, like Marxist thought and Marxist critiques of capitalism are just that they're critiques. They're not road that people misunderstand. They're not roadmaps to building communism or, or whatever. Although that that is so the goal is to analyze these critiques and use those to make a better system. Um all his book, all his books and his works, Capital especially, was was an analysis of the system, and just like not not even saying it was good or bad, just saying like here's how things work, and here's what will happen if we continue to do this, and we're seeing it right now. I mean, we're living in the age Marx predicted. Yeah, I mean, time is just or capitalism is progressing enough to where we're at the point he all that he warned us all about, and that no one decided to listen to. And the tendency of rate, the tendency of the, of the rate of profit to fall, is a highly disputed part of Marxism because it's the scariest thing he ever wrote. Is that profits will always go down, or the, the rate of profits growing will go down, not the rate of profit, but the rate of profit growth will fall, which is what's happening here because they're raising wages apparently for, for you know a very select few. And so we're watching that happen. It's not that their profits aren't going up; it's that their profits aren't going up fast enough. Yeah. I mean, you can look up any dumbass line graph on the internet to tell you that uh, Marx was entirely right and that um, raw profit goes up and the amount that workers are getting compensated, you know, um, per capita, per, like, hour put in of work and um, hour of productivity goes down. Yeah. Productivity has shot up ever since, I mean, since forever. Productivity just keeps going up, but our compensation reaches a certain point in, like, the 1970s, 1973, somewhere. And then just stays constant, basically. We haven't really seen any wage growth. Inflation has made our wages go up in technical in a technical sense. But if we had actually kept track of the production of uh, our productivity, the worker in America is being getting paid like fifty-two dollars an hour right now. Yeah. And this just shows this whole wage bullshit. Uh, wages are growing. Oh God, no! How dare they grow wages? We we do the work. And the capitalist profits off of us. They suck our blood off of what we do. We're necessary, and they're not. And there's this weird trend of decoupling, I would call it, where um, in these articles and like these things you see on Twitter and stuff, like they'll say stuff like you, like you just read. It was, you know, the as wages go up, um, you know, people are worried and all this. Whereas they're not saying as people are being paid more as you know people are trying to earn a living wage profits are going down they don't say that they just say as wages go up so you're decoupling the human element from all of it and you see this a lot like this i actually saw a tweet earlier today that was um talking about the california wildfires and it was like oh uh thanks to the work of um this department and um it said, what was it, 58 juvenile abusers or juvenile wrongdoers um, for putting out these fires. What they meant to say was like 58 children who are mm-hmm. fighting fires, you know, to save people's lives. They still had to call them juvenile delinquents in the tweet. Oh, yeah. They couldn't just say, hey, these 58 people, you know, these 58 young people are out there helping they're, they had they still had to label them and they're decoupling the whole idea that you know they're actually just people 
And I mean, why why do we have kids fighting fires out in California? Why is this happening? Yeah, why is there not you know a, a something better suited for this? But they have prisoners fighting fires, which to me is a pretty fucked up situation because think about it: what are most folks in prison for? Bullshit. And you want to yeah. put them in in the middle of in the, in the path of a fucking fire? They could die. Like you go to jail, right? For a, 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 honestly a bullshit a bullshit charge. And you could literally get burned to death because they tell you to go fight a fire. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret to everybody on here um, that prisoners in America and now even uh, like uh, juvenile, I don't sure what you call it, juvenile detainees, whatever you call them, are also being treated pretty terrible. Yeah. America, we treat prisoners like just, I mean, terrible. Like, like did, you, did you see actually Colorado made a set on this in the, in the midterm? Did you see what happened? No. They banned uh, slavery, essentially. No prisoners in their in their prisons can no longer uh, work jobs while they're in prison. Damn. They have gotten rid of for-profit prisons, essentially, in Colorado, on the state level, anyways. So any any state uh, uh, facility cannot force uh, uh, prisoners to to work anymore. Well, that's a that's a good step. Yeah. I agree. I do like how in 2018 we're saying that a state abolished slavery. Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, then again, there are several states down here where we're at that have never ratified that that amendment to the Constitution in the first place. So uh, that's that's fucking crazy. Uh, but did you actually? This is something that kind of relates back to what we were talking about before that. Uh, the Dow and all that is falling today, but Warren Buffett has said that he believes that by 2050 the Dow will be at 500,000. I don't know. Is 500,000 good? Uh, right now it's at 24,000. Okay. And he thinks that by when? Uh, 2050. Hmm. And here's the thing, though. You, you do the math, and this does keep track with how fast the Dow is growing. But again... All these capitalists want to sell you this idea that growth can go on forever. And if you have even two brain cells to rub together, you understand that resources are not unlimited and that growth, exponential growth at this rate, cannot be maintained for that long. Yeah, I mean, the only way that you can, only way they're able to maintain this is by continuing and continuing to strangle every last bit of humanity and productivity out of the workers. And eventually, you're going to reach a point where you can't ring them out anymore. And the sooner we reach that level, the sooner we can have a fucking revolution and just be done with this shit. Yeah. Uh, Like we said last week, the sooner these liberals lose their jobs and realize that maybe socialism is the way, the sooner this shit's going to happen. So here's another great little article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just the first line pretty much sums it up for you. Uh, it's it, The article is ostensibly about a free market for wages, saying states should ban contracts that bar employees from seeking higher pay at a, at a rival company, which is insane. Why is that even a thing that you, you can do? That's that's fucking crazy to me. Because you can't um, how it, if, you, if you can't get a better offer of a different company and go work there, what the, what's the fucking oh, point yeah. of the free market if you can't do that? Um... But the first, the first sentence, uh, our first couple sentences here are, are, are fantastic. Uh, capitalism isn't working right. The U.S. economy is growing, but workers are seeing less and less of the benefits. Since the Great Recession, real gross domestic product per capita has increased substantially, but real compensation per hour, which includes benefits like health care, hasn't grown at all. That's not the system working wrong. That's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, capitalism is working fine. Um, more something more like uh, basic human decency isn't working with capitalism. It's fundamentally incompatible. Exactly. If you're gonna piss off a liberal, um, who, I mean, I, I mean an actual true, like, true, true blue liberal, you just tell them that that, that uh, the free market is incompatible with uh, democracy, and watch their fucking they'll blow a fucking gasket at you. Yeah, it's just true. And I want to call out the guy who did this article, by the way. I see his tweets a lot on Twitter. His name is Noah Smith. He was an assistant professor of finance at Stony Brook University. He's on Twitter at Noah Opinion. Uh, fuck uh, you. That's, 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 that's kind of a good 
Kind of a good name, though. Oh, yeah, but fuck this guy. He's an idiot. This yeah. is his premise. That, that capitalism is broken? No, motherfucker. It's it's. Perfect. Yeah, I, th- I think he's just highly mistaken on what capitalism actually means. And this is, this is the thing. He's an assistant professor. He has, like, institutional authority, right? And he's wrong. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about capitalism can take some turns. Yeah. Um, so, one thing we've talked about before is that companies, especially within, um, like, within tech companies, a lot of companies like that, they, they make a lot of money through, like, ads, and they make money through um, targeting ads, and we've even got, we've talked about how, you know, sometimes you're sitting around with your friends, you're talking about, hey, remember that time we had Domino's? And then you open Instagram and you see a Domino's ad, and it's like, how they know they're obviously listening to you, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, one website or service, whatever you want to call it, has decided to take Google's model of um, retargeting, which is basically where they will, um, if you go to a website and if you visit it and maybe you don't buy something, even if you do buy something, um, a cookie can get saved to your computer or your mobile device. And you're going to continue to see things like that, things similar to that, and things from that website. Um, so some some service has decided to take this to its logical conclusion. Uh, the service is called The Spinner. And I'm just going to read this tweet out. The Spinner is a service that enables you to control articles presented to your wife on websites she usually visits in order to influence her on a subconscious level to initiate sex. Full stop. Um, <laughs> and... This has to be... Okay. So, and then I'm going to read up. Just whenever you try to uh, sign up for the spinner and you look at stuff, and you uh, there's a frequently asked question part. Oh, boy. And it says, one of the first questions is, is it legal? And I would like to read how they um, answer this question. They, They themselves answered it, surprisingly enough, yes. In today's vast online media market, the attachment of cookies to is legal. So they know that what they're doing is should be illegal, and they're still doing it. And then also, I just want, I just want like, I want in a couple of months someone to report on how the fuck this thing works, and like if like what can the result, like how good can the results from the spinner actually be? I'm going to guess not very great, uh, oh. because, come on. And also, if your wife figures out you're doing this, that means that, like, you're, like, literally trying to, like, alter her brain chemistry. And that's kind of fucked up. That's, like, it's like some Jordan Peterson stuff. Yeah. So, oh. don't use this, don't use the spinner, guys. Also, if you, if your Q&A literally says, surprisingly enough, this is legal, you fucked up, like... You acknowledge that it's that you shouldn't be that it shouldn't be like you said. What's wrong with you? Why did you not sit down and think to yourself, "Fuck, I'm on the wrong path here." Yeah. And then this this tweet goes on to talk about um, how this is ad tech retargeting, and it's literally the basis for how Google makes all of its money. Mm-hmm. And um, when you read about this whole concept on Google's site, they they explain it so plainly that it's like common sense they say when people leave your website without buying anything for example remarketing helps you reconnect with them by showing relevant ads across their different devices which basically means that they're saving data about you and trying to present it to you as much as possible and even though google talks about how it's just when you go to their website obviously it happens other times because i mean i cannot like i can't tell you how many times in my old job people would say hey i was just talking about this thing and now it's on my phone on my twitter on my instagram on my snapchat and we were all like, yeah, wonder why. <laughs> it's because uh, these companies are really fucked up and they do some pretty nefarious things to try and make an, an extra dollar. This is why when I talk out loud, I only talk about communism now. So there are no ads for me. No ads? No oh, ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to advertise me? Wouldn't that be great? state? <laughs> um, so before we go, I want to talk about one more thing. If you're if you're if you're cool with it, oh yeah. It's about uh, movie series. We've probably all at some point in our lives seen or 
least heard about, uh, called Wallace and Gromit, um, which is a British uh, uh, movie series. You've seen a couple of these, haven't you, Seth? Fantastic movies. They also made it here to, in, uh, for American audiences. They made a Chicken Run, which was yes. like, God, how long ago was Chicken Run? Chicken Run was like, fuck, was it like, that was either late 90s or early 2000s. They're doing a Chicken Run too. Did you see that? Are they really? Yeah, it says right here that that's their next movie after Farmageddon, a Shaun of wow. the Sheep movie. Chicken Run, the year 2000. Oh, damn, 18 years, or probably Eight. 19 years at that point, yeah, then, right? Yeah, about, about 19 years ago. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fucking deserves it. The movie is Hell so yeah, dope. dude. So, the, what we're talking about here, though, is the fact that these guys are, they're getting ready to quit making movies. They're getting old. They, they've been doing this for 40 years, right? And they're, they're studio they found it themselves. And so they're getting ready to leave the, the, the industry. And the thing is, is that when they decided to leave, they did not sell their company to somebody else, like, say, Disney or uh, 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 Paramount or whatever, right? They decided to transfer the, the, the assets of their company into a uh, uh, the position of a holding firm and that holding firm is going to act in the interest of the new owners of the company, which are the employees. They're making their company a worker-owned a worker company. That's dope. It really does rule, dude. I didn't. Ex- I mean, I don't know. I mean, I love the Wallace and Gromit movies and Chicken Run. I didn't know anything about Ardman animations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, hats off to the fucking cool-ass guys to, who did this. I this quote right here from, uh, let's see here, from Lord, who's one of the guys who, who uh, is Lord and Sproston, which are two great names. Yeah. Um, it says, we've spent so much time building this company up and being so profoundly attached to it. It's not a business to us. It's everything. It's our statement to the world. Having done that for so many years, the last thing he wanted to do was just flog it off to someone. Um, it employs 130 full-time staff across two uh, bases, and it increases to about 320 uh, whenever they start working on a, a new major movie, they, you know, they hire new new uh, help. Um, but the other really great quote from this that I really loved was, let's see here. Oh, here we go. It says, uh, from I guess this is John Katzenberg from DreamWorks, um, who said that uh, Katzenberg asked him, well, why don't you just sell to us? And we thought, why would we? And I just love that. I love the fact that they, they, they wanted to give it to the workers instead of selling it to something like Disney so it can be another line item on an asset sheet. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, like, some companies do this. I saw there was a beer company a couple of months back that uh, did the same thing. They they they, 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 yeah, they, they were quitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's good. I like the idea of, of, of workers taking over the company once the, the owners want to move on. That's awesome. I want to see more worker co-ops. That's, it's not a complete antidote to capitalism. It's not going to break the system, but it's a hell of a lot. It, it, it provides a model, you know, for the future. Yeah, I mean, I hope that more places will um, adopt a model kind of like that. I mean, it's, obviously it's not going to be super popular with the capitalist society we live in, but maybe more people get on board. It's going gonna, it's gonna pave to pave a good way for the future. Here's another quote real quick uh, from uh, Sproxton, which says, There's no real concern about the culture of the people. It's just an asset that can be sold on, sold on in years to come. And this is relevant, I think, to something me and you probably have interest in, which is uh, video games. Did you hear what happened last week with uh, uh, Microsoft? No. They bought Obsidian. Okay. Obsidian's a company that's made a couple of great, in my opinion, CRPGs, Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, Tyranny... Um, they're made up of like vet, industry veterans that go back, you know, decades of making really good uh, like CRPGs, which can be adaptations basically of tabletop role-playing games like Baldur's Gate and uh, Planescape. You know, cl- great classic games. Uh, Microsoft bought them, and there's been a lot of doom and gloom about this because Microsoft has a pattern of buying these small companies and then basically running them into the ground, and then everyone jumps ship and leaves, and. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what what these people at the at, uh, um, the chicken the the uh, sorry Wallace and Gromit company uh, wanted to avoid. Yeah, man, that's that sucks. It hap- and it's happening with so many like Microsoft has done this a couple of times. EA has done this. Um, 
it sucks for it sucks for the industry because I mean there's a lot of there's so many cool games that could probably be made. I mean I just saw I saw a post the other day that was like honestly if I worked at Disney I would make like developing a Red Dead Redemption Two style game set in the Star Wars universe I would make that our top priority. Like imagine if we imagine if the develop, developers were allowed to make a game that says open as Red Dead Redemption Two in the Star Wars universe. You know, uh, yeah, I and agree. that's something that Disney and EA and everyone who has the rights over it obviously feels like gamers don't want. They they feel like we just want more Battlefront games that aren't even complete Battlefront games. Um, they don't have a good eye for what consumers actually want. I mean, obviously, Red Dead Redemption Two just had the biggest opening week of anything ever, mm-hmm. and it's because it and it's because people fucking love that kind of game. Yep. And they want more of that kind of game, even if it did, you know, incorporate hours and hours of what was basically slave labor. Um, mm. They want that kind of game. And for some reason, these developers don't see it. And anytime they buy a company that has cool vision, they just run them out of business, which I don't even see how that makes financial sense. You know, what I saw actually um, about the Red Dead thing is uh, some developers that spoke like, anonymously said that. There were times when they spent hours in the office with literally nothing to do. They had finished all their work. It was way past 5 o'clock. And they were just there because the head guys were still there. And they couldn't leave while they were still in the office. So they just couldn't. They, what, what, what's that accomplishing? You know, what's, what's that doing for you? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, failures of capitalism uh, overall, uh, wor- working your fucking uh, people to the bone is a terrible idea. And it produces very little in value. Taking companies that have a unique identity and stripping them of their assets and running them into the ground without any kind of vision of what they should do next is, again, capitalism being very short-sighted. It's a system that is uh, prone to failure and will never work in the long term. So, that's where we're at, I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to cap off the podcast. Yeah. So, we've been another week here, Millennials Podcast. Uh, I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter, at uh, MCSurf. Um, I'm Seth on Twitter at uh, Jordan Peterson fan oh one. The our art was done by Marcus Barkley, who is still working on the website. Once it gets done, I will definitely be putting that in, in the show notes from now yeah. on. Our theme song was made by Ben Powell. He has been on the show before. Yeah, he's an electrifying uh, presence in the universe. We should and get him back. We really should. I, I'll, I'll ask him to be on in, a, in like a, another week or so. I think I think he'll be excited. Awesome. Yeah. And he has a, a podcast, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he has a podcast, uh, Southern Smackdown. Him and his co-host to talk about uh, wrestling. If you're interested in that, uh, definitely check it out. They're uh, they're very knowledgeable guys. Yeah. Um, we have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them. Fuck, Kevin Durant. Tom Brady's off the list for now. Mm-hmm. Just fuck Kevin Durant for now. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, you know who he's on the list, though, by the way? Who, who, who's up for fucking now? Who? Uh, Jeb Bush. For the same reason that Tom Brady was on here, he kisses his mom on the mouth. Uh, go to hell, Jeb. All right, fuck Kevin Durant and Jeb Bush. <laughs> uh, you can leave a horse water, but you can't make him get under it. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois Podcast, baby. We are out. Out.